Hey, everybody. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it's closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to June 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more and see full terms and conditions. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Bryant. Hi, Chuck. I'm here, Josh. Oh, wait. This isn't the Halloween episode, is it? No, no. That okay. already that already came out. That was good, though. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, that was really good. Well, truthfully, it's almost Halloween, so I'm just in the spirit. Are you? Yeah. In the spirit? Yes. Dude, I have been punning lately, left and right, and it's just it makes me sick. You haven't stomach. been punkin', though, have you? Good one, Chuck. That reminds me that we've been uh, we've been talking about this pumpkin chunkin thing pretty hard. Let's do it again. Yeah, time. Uh, let's let's say it again. For okay. The third time. So uh, the the mothership of Discovery Channel uh, has asked us to mention a uh, show that's coming out, a special, actually a pair of specials that's coming out on Thanksgiving night mm-hmm. um, on the Science Channel. Yep. 8 p.m. Uh, you got uh, there's two shows like you said, the Road to Pumpkin Chuckin uh-huh. and Pumpkin chucking, pumpkin chucking itself. Yep. And again, that's uh, that begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, because I believe it takes place in a town in the east. Yes. Which is appropriate enough. Somewhere in Delaware. On the Science Channel, yeah. So, so Chuck, yes, Josh, you want a podcast? Yeah, let's do it. For okay. Real. So, Chuck, have you ever seen Minority Report? I have. Uh, sure. Steven Spielberg and the Did crew. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I knew uh, Tom Cruise was in it. I didn't know Spielberg directed it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Kind of lost me in the third act. Did it? Yeah, big time. Well, you know, it was based on Philip K. Dick, um, I think, novel. Short story. Short story, was it? Yeah, it was called The Minority okay. Report. Ooh, yeah, that's Hollywood for <laughs> yeah. you. They're always changing Drop things. The. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so uh, you you know um, that it's about a, uh, a, I guess, a crime section, uh, anti-crime uh-huh. section, law enforcement, some people call it. Sure. Um, that arrests people based on information given to them by this uh, group of people who... Uh, have precognition. Yes, and that would be the office of pre-crime. Right, which appropriately is the, the Cruz was a pre-crime officer. Right. Um, we have a real uh, dearth of um, people with genuine precognition. It's yeah. kind of tough to find three that you know you can really reliably count on who can send sure. you images from their brain of right. crimes that are about to happen. Yeah, they had a bad off in that movie, too. They really did. They were uh, pretty much there tormented. And, yeah. yeah. Um, we are, however, it seems like working on a database that will be able to predict crime. And if so, humanity is screwed. Personal rights, is that what you're getting at? 
Yeah, there's a lot of problems yeah. with this. We'll get to this later. But yeah, so there's a there's um there's a database that there's several databases already um around, right? There's Dude, a, all kinds of databases. There are the, when I was a kid um uh, I, I my dad took me to get my fingers printed. Really? Uh-huh, just in case I was abducted and I wouldn't talk to him on uh. the way home. I was all like you ratted me out, Dad. I thought you were going to say, a, just in case you got arrested, your dad would just forward that and say, here you go. No, no. Have he, a mugshot he, ready for him. No, like that. it was put into this database. Really? So, yeah. Ostensibly, so if I ever was kidnapped and, you know, was my, my brain was washed and I lost my identity, they'd be able to fingerprint me if I ever wandered up onto the uh, to the street. Right. And they'd be like, oh, it's Josh Clark. The chances of that are slim to none. Yeah. The chances of me committing a crime... We're talking like near 100%. See, I was a kid during the uh, Atlanta child murders, mm-hmm. the famous murders. Uh, Wayne Williams, remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. So my mom was like, go you know, go play by Dumb of the Creek. Don't worry <laughs> about fingerprinting. Just Your mom play. didn't love you? Yeah, go go get the mail down right. by the street. Get the neighbor's mail. Right. Get all the neighbor's mail. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like, you know where your children are? My mom never knew where I was. Wow. Yeah. Well, I survived, though. Well, yes, clearly you did. Uh, but so fingerprinting is just one database, right? Yeah, that's one. Uh, there's another one that's a little more advanced, a little more sophisticated, um, that is called the National Crime Information Center, right? Yes. You ever watch the movie or the show The First 48? No. Dude. I heard it's good. It is good. Um, I sleep with a hammer next to my bed now because of that show. What's, what's the concept there within the first two days is when all the evidence is like hot and yeah, well, that's when you should get they all the don't, good evidence? If they don't close a homicide within the first 48 hours, the chances of them ever closing it drop dramatically. Oh, close it. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So they uh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Well, that's depressing. Uh, but it's a real-life um, real uh, show. Uh, and it follows like real life cops, oh, like on okay. the beat, like after a homicide, and like the stuff that people do to each other is just chilling. Yeah, and my favorite is this bald guy who works in uh, Memphis. He's awesome. Squibby? It's not Squibby. Okay. Um, he's he would bust Squibby though. I can tell you that. Probably so. But um, there this they they often access on the show the uh, National Crime Information Center. So it's got like all this information on people who are who have committed crimes. Um, but it's more than just their fingerprints. It could right. be like their street name. That they're they're always using it to look up like somebody's street name. Sure. Um, it also has you know people who are members or suspected members of like gangs, right? Terrorist child, uh, organizations, child molesters. Yeah. Uh, what else? You know, Rollies. Yumi has this iPhone app that's disturbing. It's a locate uh, a sex offender. Yeah, I've seen the website. They well, they have an iPhone app for it now, and like, sure enough, there's a lot of sex offenders around yeah. our uh, our place. Yeah, and the weird thing is, they they aggregate. Like you'll you'll look at uh, several of them, and they'll all have the same address except like number six or number thirteen or whatever. So it's clearly an apartment building that's been designated like a sex offender can live here because it's not by a school or anything like that. Yeah, remember that article I seen recently about the they told the ones in Georgia to camp out. Uh-huh. <laughs> that they quickly once that hit the news they were so oh, like okay actually, you can come back inside. Yeah, now. we'll find a place for you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, so we've got those two databases. There's another one, and here's where we start to reach the crux of this podcast, finally, after like 70 minutes. The one in England? And here. Oh, well, you're talking about the National DNA Database? Yeah. Yes, that started in uh, England in 1999, and initially it was just people who had been uh, convicted of crimes mm-hmm. that they would get their DNA and keep that on file. Yeah. But that changed, didn't it? It did change, and uh, I think 2003... 
they expanded it um, to include anyone who's ever been arrested. Right. So basically, if a cop goes, I'm going to take you, they can arrest you and let you go on the spot. Sure. But if the cop can collect a sample right Mm -hmm. there, if he's got a mobile sample kit, they they can take your blood. Even if you didn't do anything. Yeah, even if they're like, oh, sorry, buddy, I, I had, I, yeah, exactly. And you can't say, can I get that swab back? Mm-hmm. And they'll, you know, they'll break your arms. And, and before 2006, I think, they, uh, that, that was still, most people weren't getting arrested. But that year, um, Britain expanded the, the list of uh, arrestable offenses. Yeah, including wearing a seatbelt. Or more to the point, not wearing a seatbelt. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're under arrest for wearing a seatbelt. Exactly. <laughs> Spit right. into yeah. this petri dish. <laughs> right. So I mean, that's uh, yeah, and I imagine that's how they do it too, right? Is a swab. Uh, I don't know about the mobile kits. Probably, I can imagine somebody going like, "You're not pricking me." Right. Yeah. So, um, but but yeah. So now in England, if you jaywalk or if you are not wearing a seatbelt, they can collect a sample of your DNA that they intend to keep on file indefinitely. Yes. And Four it, million strong. Uh, yeah, which makes it the second largest database in the world, DNA database in the world. Second large, second to ours, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, that was in 2007. By the way, the four million entries. Uh-huh. Uh, that same year in the U.S., we have a national DNA index system, NDIS, that's maintained by the FBI, uh, and uh, we had 4.5 million profiles that year. Uh, I looked, and all I could find were estimates, like FBI uh, funding estimates. Right. So these things are probably, these numbers are probably high. But for 2009, they estimated that this thing would have 14 million samples. Now, ours isn't just if you're arrested, right? Isn't it if, if you're a felon? Or does it, it, that, it again, differ from state to state? That's how it, that's how it started out. Okay. Um, and then in 2004, California, always on the leading edge of whatever's going on. Yeah, no kidding. They passed Prop 69. Controversial. Uh, it's, it, to say the least, yeah. yeah. Um, basically what it says is that law enforcement, uh, can take your DNA. Right, if you've been arrested. For a felony. Uh-huh. And some misdemeanors. Right. And it's just arrested. Yeah. And illegal immigrants, uh-huh. which if, they kind of just tossed in there, I'm if, sure. I'm sure. And They're children. Like, Let's even. see. How can we unfairly right. target illegal immigrants? <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll just take their DNA for no reason. Well, there's kids in there, too. Yeah. The well, one that's here the and other in thing. It, that's, that's causing a huge stir is kids are, be, when they're arrested, they can have their DNA taken. Sure. So th- you can imagine that just having your DNA taken, just having a swab stuck in your mouth by a police officer. Right. It, it, it is enough to really raise the ire of some people. Yeah, obviously a lot of uh, human rights advocates have problems with this, which we'll get into in a second unless we're getting into that now. Uh, I, we can <laughs> if you want. I mean, yeah. Well, the first thing that kind of got, uh, besides the implementation of the program in England, was uh, last year in 2008 when it was revealed that half a million names in the database are just flat out wrong. In that the was one. That caused a big stir. Yeah, either just incorrect or misspelled it might have been typo but some of them are just wrong yeah that's clearly i mean just having dna samples of four and a half four million people in england and then saying oh and by the way half a million of them are are wrong we don't know whose they are we think they're yours but they're not yeah that's a problem Uh but i mean is there really a problem with just maintaining a database of dna what are they doing with it well, it depends because DNA, it's not like a fingerprint. There's a lot no. of information contained in your DNA that's not just identify the person. Right. 
your uh, genetic uh, code, your family history. There's a uh, there's a program called DNA Witness made by a company called DNA Print Genomics, yeah. um, and it can locate ancestry markers and basically say, "Oh, you found some DNA. Well, we can narrow it down to this person is probably being Hispanic." Well, yeah, it's all to deal with race uh, racial breakdown. Right. So I mean, there's. Racial profiling is about as hot button an issue as yeah. anything else. Sure. You know, because the problem is, is as it stands now, racial profiling is based on past statistics. Right. If you include DNA into the mix, does it become more finely honed or even more egregious? Right. Or does it open itself up? Who knows? Here's the problem with DNA profiling, Chuck. The, we have not in this country or the UK from what I can imagine, um, had any real discussion about doing it. Right. We So we've never really come together and said, okay, do we want a crime-free society or as close to a crime-free society as we can get? If so, then yes, everybody needs to turn in a DNA sample. If we right. all agree that that's what we want. If we decide that we would rather live with crime in combating crime under the techniques that we have now right. to maintain our privacy, sure. then DNA sampling has to stop. DNA profiling has to stop. Right. And it, the problem is we've never had that conversation either way, right? Well, the public it, certainly hasn't had no. it say. So, but it's been continuing yeah. along. And then when you talk about the half a million names wrong, sure. it's like, well, you're doing this without our consent or even asking us, and you're not even doing it right. Right. The thing is, though, they, I don't even know. Even if they hone this down, can you really prevent crime? I mean, even cops will tell you there's no such thing as preventing crime. Cops go after criminals after they've committed a crime, but unless it's just dumb luck, how many times has a cop come upon a crime before it happens and stopped it? Well, that's there, there's, there are two different um, groups, one in the U.K. and one in America, uh, which apparently are the two leading countries in DNA profiling for crime prevention um, that are – that that – Say no, we we do need to do that, and we're trying to. Is that the homicide prevention unit in London? Yeah, is that the one think about, about the name of that. Right, homicide prevention unit, and sure. they're doing it by forecasting crime. Yeah, well, psychological profiling too, which they've done for a while, and that's a little less uh, hinky and invasive than obviously DNA profiling. Right, but what about when you combine the two? Why would you combine DNA with uh, psychological profile? Catch the bad guys? <laughs> I, I guess to an extent, yeah. but at the same time, what we're talking about is looking at DNA to find out if we can find a genetic defect in somebody that right. would suggest that maybe they have a short temper sure. or that they're sociopathic or whatever. If you combine that with uh-huh. a psychological profile. But where does that profile come from? Maybe records from mental health workers or maybe your insurance records? Uh-huh. Or your doctor or dental records. I mean, right. they're the, not doing that now, but who knows what could happen. That, that's the point. If this database gets big enough, right? or I should say if it gets accurate enough, uh-huh. then, yeah, people uh, will probably start getting leaned on to provide information to be contributed to this database for use by law enforcement. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Once you have enough information and you are confident enough that you can prevent a crime right or if you can say this person is probably going to kill somebody one but day what do they do though that's what i want to know do they just start it's obviously not going to happen like minority report in that film and the story tom cruise knocks on your door and says you're under arrest for the future murder of your wife they're clearly not talking about that 
Because no. that's impossible in the stuff of science fiction. But what, they just monitor someone yeah. or tail someone? Yeah. So basically, potentially dangerous people just be under surveillance at all times. I guess so. But what if you've never committed a crime in your entire life and don't right. intend to, but you've got the cops breathing down your neck every night? Anywhere you go, sure. there's a cop following you. Right. You go on a date, there's a cop following you. You take your mother out for dinner, there's a cop following you. Right. I mean, if you've never committed a crime in your life, how fair is that? Well, right, and plus if someone's tailing you and, I don't know, I could I could see a scenario where some uh, renegade cop um, trumps up a traffic violation and pulls you over and shakes you down and... You know, it's not like police. I mean, trust me, I'm not ragging on the police who do a great job, but right. there are cases where people are framed and weapons are planted. And if some guy they think is a really bad person waiting to happen, mm-hmm. what's to stop a cop from trailing him and doing just that? So, uh, not only that, but what happens if um, somebody gets access to this? If this information in the database is disseminated exactly. and hacked, and then you've got somebody who's like, "Well, you know what? I'm going to take it upon myself to rid society of these people, right? Who may commit a crime." You know, most—I uh, can't say most, but uh, there's a lot of serial killers out there who, once caught, say that they were doing a service to society. Dexter, Ch- you ever seen that? I, I haven't yet, but uh-huh. I, I I am aware. Same scenario. I love Six Feet Under. Nate <laughs> dies, by the way. Um, <laughs> the uh, the the uh, killer John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Expected that he was going to get a rap on the knuckles uh-huh. because what he'd done is just rid society of some bad kids. Yeah, well, that's Bernie, what he said. Uh, Bernie Getz, I remember in the I guess it was the eighties or was uh-huh, the 70s? the New York subway. Yeah, he went all Charlie Bronson on everyone, and he was the subway vigilante. Uh huh. He definitely was. But he's a serial killer, is what he is. I thought he I thought he just killed some guys once. Did he kill more than one time? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I might be wrong. We'll we'll hear from it. But um okay, so yes, there's a possibility of vigilantism, there's a possibility of police harassment. Right. There's also another possibility called uh well, self-fulfilling prophecy. Sure. Um remember we talked about kids getting their DNA taken, minors getting their DNA taken if they're ever arrested for anything. Uh-huh. Um and there's also a push, I guess, to make to round this database out as much as possible for any kid who has a behavioral problem or maybe gets in trouble at school right. for the school to provide information about that kid so that they can say, we're going to keep an eye on you for the rest of your life because right. you're starting to fit this profile of somebody who might kill somebody right. later. Or maybe he just has ADD. Or maybe the teacher doesn't like him. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, exactly. The problem is, is if you know that if you're six and somebody's like, you might kill somebody someday, what is it like to grow up for the next 30 years or so thinking yeah. that people assume that you're going to kill somebody one day? Well, do they tell you, though? I, I don't know. Right. There's got to be something. That, uh, it might not be that explicit. But well, if children, parents are probably notified at the very least. Right. And if the parents say, oh, you're a bad kid, that's why they're watching you. Well, why wouldn't the kid go be a bad kid? Right. There's a lot of concerns here, right? Indeed. In, in the U.S., um, we talked about the uh, Homicide Prevention Unit in the U.K. We, by the way, the uh, senior criminal psychologist, Laura Richards, has said that her vision is to know who the top 100 people, uh, most potentially violent people in London are at any given time. You know Squibby's on that list. Sure. And, uh, you know, when they keep, like, uh, most wanted lists, yeah. gangs especially, mm-hmm. love getting at the top. And I should probably take the uh, opportunity right here to save our lives. Uh, it's MS-13, I understand, not MS-12, right? Yeah, we've referred to uh, a, a gang as MS-12 mm-hmm. in the Witness Protection Show, and it is MS-13, and we got that wrong. Agreed. 
Um, over here in the U.S., there's a guy named Richard Burke, who's the uh, University of Pennsylvania sociologist and statistician. Yeah, I don't mind this one as much. No, it's much uh, much more innocuous. Yeah, well, it's not an invasive because they're not actually taking your DNA or fingerprints. He uh, was he at University of Pennsylvania. He's mm-hmm. a crime uh, criminology professor, and he has actually developed an algorithm using uh, 30 different variables from, you know when a kid was young and as they grow up, if they have offenses or if they were abused mm-hmm. and he determines a lethality score, mm-hmm. which I don't know. It's, it's a little more, I, I can, I can accept this in a way. I can too. But at the same time, I was a little, uh, well, I'm still put off by the idea of forecasting crime yeah, in, in an effort to prevent it from ever happening. Yeah. Um, but I did go on and check out some of this guy's stuff and he has another thing, um, called crime regimes. Oh, really? Where he's taking into account, see that, that lethality score uh-huh. is all, uh, centered around the individual. Right. And there's a movement afoot where sociology is making a huge move to take crime completely away from psychology. Uh-huh. I talked to a sociologist who's like, psychology's completely failed at explaining serial murderers. Really? Sociology's time to explain it, right? So this guy's taking into account, like, time of day, uh-huh. day of the week, area, um, like like the location uh, is the drug trade there stable? If uh-huh. so, then there's probably going to be less crime right, because right. there's not going to be turf wars, things like that. Um, and even larger stuff needs to be taken into account too, like the economic situation that always creates more crime. But for a group or an area, and not an individual, is that what you mean? I imagine that this guy will probably eventually try to put both together. Right. So if you've got a lethality score, a guy with a lethality score, and he's living in a high risk area, gotcha, sure. Then all of a sudden the cops might want to go, we should really keep an eye on that guy. Right. You know, so it makes it a little more honed. The problem is, is uh, this will probably be eventually compiled with the NDIS here in the States. Yeah, if it turned out to be a pretty good algorithm and it was pretty accurate, I'm sure the government would get their mitts on it soon yep. enough. So, yeah, and it's not like um, it's. we were talking about health, mental health workers being leaned on to, to give up information. Right, or doctors disclosing their med, med records. Insurance companies. Uh-huh. Uh, and census uh, information. Did not know this. I didn't either, which is funny because we're about to talk about population in about five minutes. Yeah, apparently the census records, the public doesn't have access to those for 72 years after it's taken. I, I guess. I, I guess some aspects of it because it's. I've definitely accessed census statistics that are a lot less than 72 years old. Right. I think you can access the numbers, but I think all of the information is Oh, gotcha. Available. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the FBI routinely gets that information if they want it. The uh, Japanese, Japanese Americans uh-huh. were identified using census statistics or census information. Yeah, for the uh, during camps. World War II for the internment camps. Right. Yeah, um, and uh, that that was, uh, I guess, kind of against the grain. Maybe usually we don't usually do that. I understand. Hinky. I think we do it down in Texas these days with um, Hispanics. Oh, really? Try to make it across the border. Interesting. Uh-huh. So rights violations all over the place then, right? Yes, but apparently it's having an effect on crime. Yeah, I guess so. Um, supporters in England will say that uh, more than twice as many crimes have been solved using the DNA samples in the year 2005 as were solved six years before that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it has an effect. It does. So They have the cameras over there, too. Oh, yeah. Did you see those uh, those thugs in Wales? <laughs> they got beat up by the, oh, that was the, greatest the cross-dressing... Thing Cage fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's it's the, so great. That was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, yeah, I guess 
type in cross-dressing cage fighters, thugs, whales, and it should bring up the video. Yeah, these English thugs were just drunk and walking down the street, really just causing trouble, and they were picking on this cross-dresser. And it turned out that it was a MMA cage fighter, and the dude just, just killed him. Wasted him. It was yeah. great. It's it's inspiring. Yeah, it and cool. uh, I'll prevent the um, reader mail right now. Chuck meant Welsh, and he knows it. Yes, Wales. Yeah. So um, I guess everybody in the future look for a crime database that includes uh, a psychological yeah. profile, includes DNA. Your name. Uh, hopefully, your correct name, or unless you're a criminal, then not your real name. Uh, retinal scans, facial scans. Medical history, pretty much anything. I got one more thing. Okay. I saw uh, that the United States has a project that was originally called Project Hostile Intent. <laughs> They've since renamed it Future Attribute Screening Technologies, and it's one of these <laughs> deals where they're going to make it a mobile unit like a, a trailer truck that you walk through before you go into the football game, and it reads your your pulse, your uh, breathing rate, your your eye uh, pupil mm-hmm. dilation. Mm-hmm. And supposedly to predict if you're, you know, like shifty or angry. Think about that. Um, yeah, I heard they're using uh, Wii Fit oh, really? boards now to make people stand. Or they're talking about it. They're going to make people stand on because they think that um, terrorists are literally uh-huh. shiftier than other people. So, like, they would be shifting right. their weight more because they know something's about to go down. Um, things like that don't take into account fear of flying. Well, all, there's a lot of problems with stuff like that. Just ha- what kind of mood you're in that day. If mm-hmm. you and your wife just had a fight on the way to the airport, because mm-hmm. Emily and I have a long-standing tradition of fighting before any plane flight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 a good thing. Um, <laughs> and then uh, of course, once this is in place, one of the guys called what we would see as security theater, which is uh, not being shifty or acting like you know you're going to Hawaii on a vacation. Right. So trying to trip up the machine. Sure. So look forward to that, too. Yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> so uh, if you want to learn more about our uh, colleague Shanna Freeman's um, predictions for future crime databases, you can probably get away with just typing in future crime in the uh, search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, also, try typing in unicorn. See what comes up. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and shock, I said uh, search bar. Right. Which means it's time for listener mail. Josh, I'm going to call this, uh, I had no idea that we had a official listening club. That's what I'm going to call it. Oh. This is on the blog, but I'm going to read this. And this has kind of blew me away. The uh, There are some U.S. Americans living in South Korea, and they actually formed a little listening club. And they get together, and they listen to our show. Mm-hmm. And they uh, said, during the assemblies, we listen to you two ponder various interesting topics and then discuss them further by offering our own thoughts and experiences and complement our sessions with libations of the alcoholic variety. So they formed a drinking game mm-hmm. to our show. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what, what they drink to, and they're listening now, so we're going to really get them hammered at this point. Uh, every time there's a new statistic quoted, which I believe we do on four out of five shows. At least. And uh, when we refer to our producer, Jerry, over here, there's Jerry. Hey, Jerry. So we've said Jerry like four times, so it's probably about four shots. You said Jerry? I said Jerry. Mm-hmm. We've referred to our producer, Jerry. Right. Uh, when someone shares any of our first names, so if they're in the club and we say their first name by happenstance, they drink. And I know who wrote this was Richard, so we're going to say Richard like four more times. Richard. Yeah. And Jerry. Yeah. And uh, also, um, when Chuckers, when you say Chuckers. I don't know that I said that in this one, did I? You could say it now. 
Chuckers. <laughs> and the final thing, Josh, they drink too, I think they're going to like this, is they're getting your back, dude. The whole I, me thing that we've been hearing about for mm-hmm. the past 160 shows, mm-hmm. whenever you actually correct yourself now with the I, me, is when they drink. So he writes and says, uh, they drink soju, by the way, which is a rice wine. They say on soju, Josh, they say, sipped casually, the rice wine is not without its merits. But done our way, it all but guarantees a regrettable late-night phone call to a coworker or former lover. Tearful platitudes of mutual admiration or some form of public nudity later in the evening. So, Josh, sir, I beseech you, stop hypercorrecting. Let it fly. Pleadingly, Richard, tired of being hungover in Korea, Richard, Richard. Well, thanks, Richard, for sending yes. that in. Chuckers for liked caring. it. Jerry liked it. Richard clearly liked it. Richard clearly liked said. it. And I and me, and oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. I should correct myself. Well, if you want to send Chuck and uh, I an email, I'm sorry, Chuck and me an email. Or Chuckers. Chuckers an email. And Jerry. And me. Uh, you can send that to Stuff Podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Hey, everybody. I want to talk to you for a second here about Canva, specifically Canva presentations that are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department department can save time on any presentation. So start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Just go to canva, C-A-N-V-A.com.